sorry. Let's get started. Um, one, if you're wondering why uh, we're wearing this shirt, we actually, I was going to share, but it's already been shared. Uh, we had the opportunity to be at 658 last night for one of their fundraisers, and I was going to encourage you guys to check them out because they do wonderful things. And so I hope that you heard that this morning from Janet um, and her boss that works there. Um, she, we support her boss uh, there, and their other daughter, Kim Hollifield, works there. And so um, that's why we're wearing these. This is our team outfit, and there's another ch- uh, team there last night. I think you guys should have worn your outfits. They were better. They actually came in second or third in outfits. So just second. Okay. <laughs> second. Got it. Uh, so just want to encourage you while I'm wearing this, every time you're distracted, uh, just remember 658. Every time you see this, just remember 658. Check them out. They really do just incredible stuff. The testimonies that come out of there is just incredible. So let's get started. If you want to open up your Bibles, we're going to continue to look. Um, I don't know why I looked up there. We're going to continue to look uh, at the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. Um, you know, Pastor Billy has been walking us through just an incredible series, in my opinion, um, about who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit does in and through us. And I assume, like you, like, like me, many of you, probably walk into this series with Right? How many had a lot of questions walking into this series? All that kind of stuff. I know there's been lots of questions. And I'm sure that as we've walked through this, a lot of your questions have been answered. I'm also fairly certain that all of your questions haven't been answered. I've been walking with the Holy Spirit for quite some time, 1996 is when I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, and I still have lots of questions. I still have all kinds of questions about the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and and moving and being obedient to the Holy Spirit, and how does that look? So many questions that when somebody asks me something about the Holy Spirit, how do you get um, baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit? How do you walk with the Holy Spirit? How do you speak in tongues? I'm like, well, I'm not 100% sure all the time. Have you ever tried to explain that to somebody, speaking in tongues? How you speak, if you speak in tongues and somebody asks you, how do you speak in tongues? What, what verse in the Bible did you go to to instruct them on this is the step-by-step process to speaking in tongues? No? Right, I, I don't know if many of you are at that same place I am, but th- there's so many things that, I, that, not that I question, but I wonder and, and, and trying to understand about the Holy Spirit each and every day. But I think that is part of God's plan, at least I hope so, because otherwise I'm just lost. Because if you look everywhere else in the Bible about almost anything else, there's a lot of descriptions about how to do this. The Lord gave the Israelites and us the, the Ten Commandments, so we know how to honor God, how to love God, how to relate to God, how to love and to honor one another. All ten of them point to this very clear way of having relationships. When they built the, the tabernacle, the Lord gave them the most specific details because he had a specific thing he wanted done. When Noah had to build the, the ark, specific details on how to build it and what animals to bring on. When you need to pray, you can go straight to the Bible and learn exactly how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. If you have a problem with one of your brothers or sisters in Christ and you have an offense with one of your brothers and sisters in Christ, there is an outline in Matthew 18 that tells you exactly how to walk through it. With no detail left unturned, tells you exactly how to do it. And then you get to Acts and the power of the Holy Spirit breaks out and the manual 
seems to be gone sometimes. Do you feel like that? The manual seems to be gone. But there is, in my opinion, a manual for the Holy Spirit. And really, it's all up to us. See, I, I believe baptism of the Holy Spirit, following the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, w- walking in prophecy, whatever the gifts you want to ask questions about, it really is up to us. Well, let me rephrase that. It, okay, it's up to God. Get it, sorry. But it's down to how much do we trust the Lord? How much do we trust Him to step fully into the things He has for us? So I entitled this sermon series, Emmett, I actually did have a title. He, he asked me, he said, I'll just figure it out, because that's usually what I tell him. <clears throat> and my title is, Here's What I Know. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. I know that when I open up Acts, and we're just going to start in Acts, even though we know that the Holy Spirit is talked about throughout the entirety of the Bible, in the Old Testament, New Testament, you can look everywhere and you will see the power and the move of the Holy Spirit. But if you begin in Acts, where we have this outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the early church, in that first chapter, you see a couple of things. And Pastor Billy's already mentioned it and talked through it a couple of times, but you see that Jesus promised them the gift of the Holy Spirit. They promised them the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what I know to be true is that all God's promises are fantastic. And all God's gifts are good. That's where we start. Do you believe that? That all God's promises are yes and amen and that all God's gifts are good. And so when he tells the disciples, wait here, the gift I promised you is coming. Is that enough? Or do you need to know how the rest of your life is going to work when you become baptized in the Holy Spirit or when you begin to speak in tongues or when you begin to prophesy or whatever it might be. What I know to be true is that all the promises of God are yes and amen and all those gifts are good. One of my life mottos that I try really hard um, to, to walk out and to live out and I don't always do it is I desperately desire the fullness of God. That everything he has for me, I want. I don't always walk that way. I don't do that every day. And I know there's a lot of days where, where I am falling way short of, of living in the fullness of God. But my desire is that I get everything God has for me. And if he says, there's a promise that I am giving you that, that, that this gift is good, I want it. I don't want to wait for it even though he said there, I don't want to, to hold myself back. I want to jump in with both feet and receive the promise. I had this picture when I was reading this this, this week. You know, at the end of the service, we, we extend our hands out for the blessing of the Lord, right? As a sign that we want to receive. And as I was doing I, I immediately saw that, that you know, because I get to see it a bunch. We're up here and we're pronouncing the blessing. I see everybody with their hands up, waiting for the blessing of the Lord. Baptism of the Holy Spirit and moving into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and walking with it is a, is a matter of opening up your hands, your heart, and your life and saying, I want this blessing from the Lord. That's what I know, is that it's a promise and it's a gift, and I want it. I know that when you read in Acts 4, if you want to turn there, we're going to read just a little bit. Acts 4, chapter, uh, Acts 4, chapter, Acts 4, verse 1. Acts 4, verse 1, it reads this way. It says, The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching 
<clears throat> excuse me, teaching people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there. So was Caiaphas, John Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them, and they began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, right here, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called into an account for today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I know this. That in the midst of intense persecution, of, of their lives being literally on the line all the time, they were filled with the Spirit and spoke boldly. No matter who was around, no matter who was coming after them, the, the government officials, the leaders of the day were coming after them in the midst of all this. And, and being in prison, they didn't run, they didn't hide, they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke boldly. And I know this. That we need that in our life. Our country, our city needs that. In the midst of persecution, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to move in and through us. So that we speak boldly. So that we can proclaim Jesus, the salvation for all. So that people around us will come to know them. So people around us will be healed by the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives. I know that when I read this, I am astounded, as they were, about the power of these guys, of these disciples, and, and their willingness to just step in and step out every time. But if you read them all, it says they were full of the Holy Spirit. And I look at that and I say, I want that. I want all that God has for me so that when hard times come and difficult conversations come, I can walk by the Spirit and I can speak directly to them. Acts 7, if you flip forward a couple of chapters, Acts 7, 54 through 60, says, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, this is about Stephen, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven, he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, they, yelling, they, they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coat at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed. And this is incredibly powerful. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on, their knee, on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this against them. I've actually shared this a couple times just recently. 
um, in, in a couple of different Bible studies, the power of forgiveness is one of the most incredible things that we possess. But notice something here. In the middle of all the, the chaos and the stoning and the beating, it says right before that, he was full with the Holy Spirit. And he was able to speak forgiveness to them. I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit allows us and helps us be more forgiving. I know there's people in my life that I, if, if I wasn't full of the Holy Spirit, I, I would probably have a hard time forgiving. Okay, let's be really honest. There's people in my life that I've had a hard time forgiving, and the power of the Holy Spirit comes over and then rebukes me, and then I begin to walk. Okay, is that, that, that's probably a little more honest. But the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life, through our life, speaks forgiveness. Allows us to walk in a way where we speak that forgiveness, where we're not we're not letting life circumstances dictate how we act. We're not letting the fact, Stephen didn't let the fact that he was being stoned and he was in the midst of dying dictate his response. Because I promise, being stoned doesn't dictate the response of forgiveness. Being full of the Holy Spirit dictates the response of forgiveness. This might be my favorite account of being of the Holy Spirit because often when we think about the power of the Holy Spirit, we think in these instances of, of, of speaking out, boldly proclaiming, speaking in tongues, you know, singing free songs, wherever it might be, we think of these, these things. But this might be my most favorite account of someone being full of the Holy Spirit. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 and 15. I'm going to give you a minute if you're flipping there. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 and 15. Oh, just kidding. Actually, I gave you the wrong one. Don't worry. It's definitely still my most favorite account. It's Acts 16. We're going to get to 1 Corinthians. Sorry. It's Acts 16. Listen, it was a late night. Good cause. It's still not quite awake. Acts 16, verse 6 and 7. My most favorite account of someone being filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 16, 6 and 7. It says, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of, who wants to say that word? Yeah, Phrygia and Galatia. Thank you. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Masia, they tried to enter. Man, what are all these words? They tried to enter, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. When you are full of the Holy Spirit, when you are walking with the Spirit day by day, step by step, trying your hardest to listen and be attentive, the Holy Spirit often keeps you out of places you shouldn't be in keeps you out of circumstances that you should not be in. These men were known for preaching the gospel everywhere in the face of no matter what was going on, whether it's, they might go to jail, whether they might get stoned. All these things were already happening, and so they weren't afraid of speaking. This wasn't written because they were afraid to go into this place. This was written because the Holy Spirit kept them from going to this place. And what I know to be true when I see in the Word and what I know to be true in my life is that when I'm obedient to the Holy Spirit, He also keeps me. From things. He doesn't just push us to things. He doesn't just push us to speak out. He doesn't just push us to be bold, but sometimes he says, no, this is where I want you, not here. Not here. Often we miss that. Often we think about the power of the Holy Spirit and it's all just, you know, weird stuff or stuff I can't explain or, or whatever, but it's that day-to-day -day walking with the Holy Spirit that I am walking with the Lord. The Holy Spirit says, go here, not here. The Holy Spirit every part of your life if you will let him. 
that's what I know, and that's what I see when I see these accounts. In 1 Corinthians, it says that we should eagerly desire these gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we should pursue them. That is a good thing in our life. One of the, my favorite things about the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and speaking in tongues is, is that 1 Corinthians passage that I almost took you to. It says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? It says, I will pray with my spirit, but I also will pray with my understanding. It says that we actually need to do both. We need to pray with our mind, understanding what we're praying, knowing what we're praying. But sometimes we need to be able to pray where our mind doesn't get in the way. Right? Every time we pray and we pray with our mind, we pray with our understanding. So we can pray about things that we know. We can pray for things we know. We can pray in ways that we know. But when we pray in the Spirit to the Lord, we begin to communicate directly to Him. And our mind gets out of the way. It doesn't get distracted. It doesn't, it doesn't begin to lead us down other paths in our prayer. It doesn't accidentally pick up your phone and start checking Facebook when you're trying to pray. When you begin to pray in the Spirit, you pray directly to God. One of the best illustrations I, I have ever had about praying in the Spirit, it, it, I think it is, is, it's an incredible benefit for our relationship to God. Not just for prophecy and not just for speaking out, but our ability to pray to Him. And our ability to draw closer to Him by praying straight to Him. When we were in Russia, we worked for a guy named Mike Anacoli. He was American, his wife was German, and they had two kids, both born in Russia. By the time we were there, they were nine, I think, right? Probably nine or ten. She's not, she's not even listening. They were nine or ten. <laughs> she's over there talking to her mom. <laughs> they were nine and ten, and... Um, they grew up speaking English, and they grew up speaking German, and they grew up speaking Russian. They were very fluent in all three, extremely fluent. And so they created their own language. They could sit in this room, and they began to talk to each other and, and swap out all the languages in sentences, not like one sentence in English and one sentence in German. Their parents couldn't understand them. They could sit in this room, fully crowded, lean over and talk to each other, and you would never know what they said. They literally only were communicating to one another. When we begin to pray in tongues, when we begin to pray in the Spirit, that's what happens. We begin to communicate directly from our heart to God. Nobody else can interfere. Nobody else can get in the way. Nobody else even knows what you're saying. He has given us a gift that allows us to communicate straight to the Father. That's the roadmap for me what I know. And I try all the questions that I have. I still look for answers, but I try not to let all the questions I have get in the way of the goodness of what God has with me. The fullness of what he has. There is one and only one by I, that I can tell, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe later, just not here. There's only one instruction. And it's found in Luke chapter 11. There's only one instruction. Found in Luke chapter 11, 11 through 13, says, Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then you, though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He doesn't make a understand it all 
that the Holy Spirit has for you, all that the Holy Spirit's going to ask you to do, or all the things that the Holy Spirit's going to do in you. You're never going to understand it all. What he says is ask. It's the only instruction about becoming filled with the Spirit and moving with the Spirit is to ask. Will you guys stand with me? Hey, Steph, will you come play? We're just going to take a minute and just take a few minutes and, and, and pray to the Lord. And I'm going to give you an opportunity that, 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 that says in Luke, ask. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for your Holy Spirit, for the gift that you have given us. Lord, that we would be able to move in power and boldness. Lord, that we'd be able to walk in your will each and every day. That you would keep us out of places we don't need to be in. And we'd walk boldly into the places you've called us to. Lord, we thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you have given us. Lord, that we may draw closer to you. We may draw closer to each other. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we move in them and be obedient to the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for each and every person here that we would eagerly desire those gifts, Lord. They'll be willing to jump in both feet. Lord, that we would be obedient. And Lord, I pray for anybody here who has been wondering and concerned or confused or scared, whatever it might be. Lord, you wipe that away. That they would trust you knowing that all your promises are yes and amen, all your gifts are good. Lord, and that they would settle for nothing less than the fullness of who you are. And if that's you, I just encourage you right now, right here, to ask. Ask the Father for the gift of the Holy Spirit to be filled. Lord, I pray for each and every person here is asking you would fill them to the fullest. To the fullest, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way. Lord, I pray for a refreshing for those who are already filled. Lord, that you would fill their cup to overflowing, that it would be renewed and refreshed walking with each day. The fullness of the Holy Spirit would overflow in their life, in their families, in their work, here in this church, here in this city. Holy Spirit, come.